All right, so welcome back to the Hoop in the Horn podcast. This is the, our first virtual one um, after a month-long delay. Um, so I apologize for that. Um, a lot has gone on. The NBA season has started. The in-season tournament has started. Um, two trades happened. Um, and teams have got – we're two weeks into the season now. So um, do you have any initial thoughts? No, other than uh, – well, nothing that we're not going to get into. I don't want to spoil. Boston Celtics winning the NBA championship. There, how's that? I, I gotta tell you, I I was, I gotta agree. They look really, really good. They look a little but scary. They're great. They're great. It was a big upgrade for them. But yeah, go ahead, let's get into it. Okay, so the, the first thing, obviously, is the Harden trade happened last week. Um, that was a very fun moment for me because my phone went off because I have the indicators on for Woj. Um, and that went off at three in the morning Eastern time. So that was fun waking up three hours before work to find out that that happened. Um, you probably didn't even notice until I texted you. <laughs> Wait, who got traded? Harden. When did that happen? That was like what, Thursday, I think. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. That was, that was oh, you're joke. hilarious. Oh, okay. Yes. We don't have the same uh, camaraderie over screen. Um. So essentially, it was uh, Philly got Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, KJ Martin, um, Marcus Morris, and then a 2028 first. I think that's the Clippers first. And then two second round picks from the Clippers, a 2029 swap with the Clippers, um, and then a protected 2026 first from Oklahoma. Clippers got Harden and Tucker, and then some guy named Philip Petrosev. He was like a previous draft pick for them. They traded him almost immediately. Um, and then Oklahoma City got. Uh, the, uh, a pick swap with LA in 2027. Um, so there's kind of a lot of moving parts here. So the initial, like, the, the thing that's most interesting to me is that initially Daryl Morey was like, we're only going to trade for a star or we're going to trade for a bunch of pieces to make a star. And it seems to be not the route they went. They seem to be going with, okay, we're just going to get four expiring contracts and we'll have a third max slots we can sign and be to his max that he's already on. We'll sign Maxi to his max next year. And then we'll bring in a third guy on a max contract. Um, so they kind of went away from the strategy. Or at well, least the well I, I get that, but that, that seems like for a team that was originally when, when they had the Ben Simmons situation, which seemed to be a lot more volatile than the Harden situation, they were much more willing to go all the way this time. They were like, no, 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 no. We could dump them right now. So I'm a little bit confused by that. Oh, I think it was it was they have way more money in Harden than they did Ben Simmons. His contract was just too big. He can't carry yeah, I, that. I but, think Simmons made about the same amount. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think Harden's contract was more of a, more of an anchor. But even so, you can't do that twice. You did it once, you can't do it twice. Well, that's probably true. But and, uh, and I think too, like I don't I don't think I don't think Ben Simmons really had any value. So they probably tried <laughs> to move him and couldn't. Well, obviously at a little value because they got James Harden with him. Yeah, which which you know, what kind of piece is that? That's you know, what's Harden really worth now? Look what he's done. He's blown up their team. He wasted two or three years of them being a potentially championship team, caliber team, and now they're not. And so they wasted all that. And you know, at least Harden can give you 30 points a game. Ben Simmons can't do that. So there is some I mean, that's why he ended up finding which is crazy to me that anybody would even take that guy but they did and god bless them 
because he's going to give you, you know, 25 or 30 a game or maybe even 35. I don't know what he's going to average this year, but he's worthless. He can't get through the playoffs. He's too much of an individual player. But that's what it is. Ben Simmons really had no value. At least Harden has some value to 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 bring to, to your team. Yeah, I mean, the it does seem to me like one of the things that Philly is getting along with all the players and picks is just the fact that they don't have to deal with Harden anymore. Um, and they can like unleash Tyrese Maxey, who looks insane this year. You look like you're about to say something. But well, I think everybody lost. That's what I think. See, that's I, generally I think uh Go ahead. Go ahead. I, well, I was just gonna say. No, like, I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I think everybody, like, I try to see what what like actual NBA analysts who are like hired by teams think about this, and it seemed to be a pretty mixed bag. Like half the people were like, "This is great. Everybody got what they wanted." OKC so smart. Both teams on like the major trade players got what they wanted, and then a couple other people were like, "Nobody won." Like what you said, I'm I'm really kind of lost in this. Like I, I I'm. I, th- I don't think anyone won or lost. I just don't think this changes any team's like long-term calculus. I, I mean, OKC was smart to pick up an extra swap, but I just don't think th- <laughs> like I don't understand the free agency angle from Philly because who are they going to get next year? Who's the max guy? Like I, that's what I want to know who they're going after. And then oh, like the Clippers are already like they don't even know if they're going to get their two centerpiece players an extension, and then they're going to bring in this guy who's a mixed bag of cats who as you said in the playoffs, is about as useful as this Philip Petrosev guy. Like, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. I think OKC was the smartest one out of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think everybody loses. Just what you, you, just, you just made that point. Nobody really got anything good out of this. I mean, you could say Harden got something because he got to go somewhere else, but, you know, what does that really get him? He still, gets, he still has the same contract. He's going somewhere else where he's probably going to blow up another team. Everybody lost. Well, Guy's a jack well, wagon. I don't get he, it. I was just gonna make that point. Like he's he's this is his fourth team since twenty twenty one. Like that's kind of insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's more teams than years. That's it, it found. Yeah, I think he's a bum. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, I just want to get shine. We'll, we'll move on pretty quick. I do just want to say that the one winner here is Tyrese Maxey. I mean, this, these stats aren't accurate anymore, but there was a point in time where he was averaging 30 points a game and six assists on 50% shooting. He was shooting 56 from three. Um, and he's those have dipped a little bit in the last week since I report, like wrote this down, but, but not much. Like, I think I was always pretty big on Maxi, and he looks like he's going to be back. Like he's going to be an all-star this year. He looks incredible. He actually looks very active um, on the defensive end, which which is nice to see, especially given the fact that he's not a big guy. Um, so I think that if they do make a run this year, which they probably won't because it's the Sixers and they do this every year, but if they do, it'll be because of him more than it is because of Embiid. All right, I can't disagree with that. All right, you got any more Sixers Clippers thoughts, or can we move on? Move on. All right, so this is (laughs) okay. (laughs) I'm going to come back to that in a second. Um, My next question is: Well, this is more less of a question, but the Spurs look actually very good. Like a 500 team is way better than they were last year. Six games into the season, Wembley looks incredible. 
so the what overrated you just okay you just like the last podcast we're talking about how good he is how good he is i said that yeah what did we i talk about even we so talking... like that's that's that like yeah i'm allowed to change my mind I feel like you do this just to go Most around. Of an international me. podcast. I can have a different opinion from week to week. That's what makes it interesting. Yes. So when, you when, have you seen, when have you seen in the history of the NBA anybody that's built like that guy have any any level of success? Anybody. Now, the only guy you could really even compare him to would be Kevin Durant in terms of his body. And even that, Kevin Durant has grossly underachieved in the NBA given his skill level and and what you know was touted and um when he came in the league. And if he hadn't played on one of the greatest teams in NBA history with one of the greatest leaders of NBA history and a great supporting cast, he wouldn't even have the chips that he got. So no, I think uh I I I don't I think I think Wemby is gonna be uh, very, very similar to Kevin Durant's career, but without the chips. That's what it's gonna end up being. He's going to be a great player. He's going to put up some numbers. He's going to get hurt a lot, um, but I don't think he's going to play as long as KD because I don't think he's. He, I think he's built even less strong than KD is. He will get bounced around in that league. He's going to make some plays because he's so long. And he's so athletic, but that those guys are too big and too strong and too powerful for him to have long term success. So, no, I mean, I it's six games into the season, like they're you know to let's let's just let's just pump the brakes a little bit on how great the Spurs are. I didn't say they were great. I just said I like watching them, and I think he's going to be good. You're the one that's being a hater. Um, but since you want to be such such a down on the Wemby guy, this is this next part is perfect. So as I'm watching, I watched the two Phoenix Spurs games, and I watched the, I think the first Spurs game of their season. Um, and as I'm watching it, like the guys who have been drafted the last couple of years by the Spurs, so like Kelton Johnson, Devin Vassell, Zach Collins. Well, he, he doesn't really fit into what I'm about to say, but like, um, like just these guys, Charles Bassey, like they don't look like they enjoy playing with Wemby. Like there's multiple plays where Wemby's got like Grayson Allen on him, like a six foot three guy who is not known for defense. So he's got a foot of height over him and way more weight, maybe not way more, but he's got the clear, there's a clear seal and they look right at him and they'll look away and try and run like an empty side pick and roll. And so it just kind of feels like they don't want to pass to him. Even in transition, when he's like wide open, they still will like kill plays if it would lead. Like it seems like they're doing it almost on purpose. Do you think like I'm to me, it looks like this is like a really young team that doesn't know what they're doing, which could be that, or it looks like a young team that's kind of pissed off that he comes in and everybody thinks he's the savior and they're not passing to them maybe the way they should. Yeah, I don't. I've watched that one single minute of the Spurs play, so I can't uh, agree or disagree with anything you just said. But you know, if that's the case again, it makes you question how great of a coach Greg Popovich is if if if, that, if those are his players. Um, but yeah, I, I you know we'll see again. We're six games in. Let's just see how things go here. But I could see how they would be not too happy with. Uh, uh, but you know, but I don't know. Like gen- generally speaking, I think for the most part. Those guys at that level making that amount of money, you know, they're all they've all been great players most of their careers. So um, I don't know. I'd be I'd be surprised if they are not if if they are purposely not including him in the offense 
Like, I think you'd hear more about that. I don't think Pop would would be standing for that, and I don't think that uh, I think I, I don't think I'd be winning any games if if you, if you do. You can't exclude one guy in a five in a five guy team. You, it's really difficult to do that. Okay, that's fine. It just kind of seems odd that there's like some pretty wide openings and they don't they don't seem to be doing it. But I mean, on the offside, on the off the other side of the coin, like Jeremy Sohan seems to be kind of looking for him. And on that same topic, the fact that Jeremy Sohan or Sohan, however you pronounce his name, is playing point guard this season is absurd to me. I understand the Spurs aren't trying to win anything this year, but I don't understand what the value is is having a six eight guy with no handle, like and can't shoot. Like, what is the point of having him play point guard? He, I don't think he can learn it. He wasn't a point guard in, in like, the Australian League. I don't – or at Baylor, I don't know what they're doing. It's bizarre. Well, I've never even heard of any guy, so maybe we should skip that topic. It's never been what? I said I've never even heard of that guy, so maybe we should skip that topic. <laughs> uh, all right, we can talk about uh, the Celtics and, and Memphis, two two sides of the opposite coin. Um which one do you want to talk about first? Yeah, I mean, I said what I need to say about the Celtics. They, uh, I think they're uh, clear NBA. They're certainly coming up favorites come out of the East, and and I think I, I think they can beat the Nuggets. Um, now they're they're you know it's always been the the chemistry issue between uh, Jalen Brown and uh, what's his face. So I think um, for whatever reason, Drew Holiday seems to have helped that. I think. Well, I take that back. Getting Marcus Smart out of there helped that. Um, they look like a totally t- more more cohesive team, and then adding Drew Holiday with his defense and um, and what he brings to the table has has made them even better. I think they would have been what what now looking looking at it now if they had just completely cut Marcus Smart, traded him for nothing or picks, they would have been a better team this year without him. <laughs> but now that they've got Drew Holiday. I mean, you know, they did have to trade the time lord, so that's a problem. And because he was very well liked in the team, um, but they seem to recover from that pretty quickly. So I think, uh, yeah, I think they're the clear favorites come out of the East, and I think they can beat Denver. Yeah, I think they're kind of uniquely set up to beat Denver because the thing that kills Denver is they like pull up shooting, and they have fifteen guys that can pull up jump shoot. I mean, that kills Jokic. He's just not. He likes to be up at the level of the screen. He doesn't like to play drop, and they can force him to play drop, um, drop defense. And, I mean, to your point about Marcus Smart, I mean, the Drew trade makes so much sense because, I mean, Drew Holiday, like they they had already gotten Marcus Smart out of there before the Drew Holiday, so those are technically two separate trades. But to me, like they're linked because Drew Holiday is just Marcus Smart, but better on both sides of the floor. He's a better playmaker, better shooter, better offensive player. He's a way better defender, um, which is kind of a – a hot take. I think I feel like a lot of, especially Boston fans, are like, he should have been defensive player of the year multiple times. He's a great defender, greatest Celtics defender ever. Like, I feel like they get really up in arms about that. But the simple fact of the matter is that when Marcus Smart defends a player, it's good defense. And when Drew Holiday defends a player, it's ridiculous defense. Um, so I, I agree with you all about that. Chemistry seems yeah, to be pretty well. And well, it's a time lord, too. Like, it's probably good they traded him because Time Lord, like, just he just had to get like long term surgery today, so he would have been hurt anyway this season. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen whether Joe Joe Mazzulla can coach a team, um, you know, to a championship. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really seen enough out of that guy. Not not much has convinced me that he can, but sometimes talent overcomes that. So I mean, <laughs> he's no 
We'll see, that's for sure. But uh, but that's the only thing that would that would blow this up is is Missoula, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a great showing in the playoffs, <laughs> um, and he doesn't seem. Well, yeah, really Marcus Smart was bullying him, and you know, once they got him out of there, I, I think Missoula now has a little bit more respect of his players. Yeah, the other thing though is that this year's this year's like, and this is kind of the trend with a lot of teams, but like this year's iteration of the Celtics has so clearly gone all in on offense. Like, like they have the players to be good defensively. Like the the two Jays are really good. Drew's really good, but like they went away from the Time Lord. They went away from like that double big lineup that gave them so much success in 2022. Like they're fully going in on the Missoula, and because Brad Stevens is okay in trades. Like it makes me feel like the whole, all of the Celtics organization is fully all in on like, we're just going to, we're going to play the numbers game. We're just going to bomb threes and play defense and hope for the best. It's like the Rockets, but with a little more style. All right. That's it. Um, Unless you got something else. Usually I can tell when you're done with the topic. Yeah, no, that's it. Uh, Memphis is almost hilariously bad. Uh, they are now one and six. I think they were almost zero and seven. They took a last-minute kind of rally to beat them in the second half of a series um, in the fourth quarter. And it took them. It took the the it took them beating the Blazers, who are eleventh in the West right now, and probably should be lower. Um, and it took them beating the Blazers in like on a twenty-six-two run while the Blazers just like completely pissed the bed. Um, they just look awful. I did not realize how many players they lost with. Like, I'm writing it down here, and it's Stephen Adams, John Morant with the suspension. Forgot they lost Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones. I mean, that's essentially four starters because um, Tyus Jones is good enough to be a starter. They just bring him off the bench. Um, and that, like, once you hear that out, it's like, okay, so then their starting lineup is going to be like Santi Aldama. Like, they just look awful. Yeah. And uh, they were a pretty mediocre team before they allowed all those losses. I mean, so, they were a second and third seed. They, they well, they were better without Jaw last year. That's not and, true. They were only eleven and ten last year. They were better and, without Jaw last year, and that, that team played better without him. I mean, that's indisputable. But um, but yeah, I, I, I the, you know they yeah, they lost all those guys. I mean, yeah, they're terrible. Memphis is terrible, and uh, they don't have their best player. And until he comes back, they're still going to be terrible. And even after he comes back. I give him about three weeks before he pulls another gun out on the internet somewhere and shows some shows it somebody and gets suspended again. So um, I don't know if he's real reliable right now, but yeah, it's a uh, you know they're terrible. What what can you say? Well, I would say something different than that, but you seem like you're pretty. And they're good terrible. Selling. What would you say? They're terrible. I think I don't think they will be terrible. I think, and I don't think that we could just assume that Jaw's going to have another incident like this. I think it's maybe more likely than it is not, but I think it's probably closer to 55, 45. I mean, I think that guy is going to figure it out or he's going to get traded. Like, it, I, I just don't think he's going to make that same mistake a third time. But I didn't think he'd make it a second time, so I've been wrong before. Yeah, well, but the bigger piece is, is he enough to bring a terrible team that lost all those guys that you just mentioned back to, a, you know, a, above a mid-level mediocre team and the answer is no. Like, you know, you you would need somebody who is, you know, top tier, tippity top tier, mentally, physically, and talent-wise to get a re- really terrible team. You know, you're, you're talking about LeBron James in his prime, what he did with those Cleveland teams. When he was there, he they were, you know, top contenders. And the day he left, they were a last-place team. And John Morant is not that. 
So they're a terrible team. When he comes back, he's going to make them a little bit better, but I don't think they make the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked, but I think they're better than you're giving them credit for. If they miss the playoffs, you'd yeah. be shocked? Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't be what, what makes you think? I think that John Morant is a one-man, 30-point, eight-assist player. Um, and if he's playing, like, they they are just so good with Steven Adams. I, I think just the sheer talent drop is what's making them bad. I, I, they have more than enough pieces to go trade somebody and get that third guy. Trade somebody? I think well, that's, that's, that's I mean, you know, if, if you change the if you change the, the makeup of the team, then I take back what I said. But we're saying as we're structured today, you know, I mean, Trey Young's a thirty point guy. Could he do that with the Hawks? Is he going to make them anything better than a mediocre team? No. Hawks look good this year, Jalen Johnson. Well, they got more people. That's what I'm saying. You you seem to like to change the scenario on me. But it's all right. I'm just trying to make it interesting for our millions of fans. All four of them who have not noticed that we didn't do it for a week or a month. I mean, all right. On the other side of the Memphis, you're the uh, the Mississippi River. Uh, I do want to talk about the Pelicans who have been surprisingly kind of exciting. Um, I know you don't like to talk about Zion, but every time I, I watched him play against the Knicks, and I watched him play against the Warriors, and he wasn't incredible. But every time I watch that dude play, uh, I feel like there's 11 shots in the paint that look like he's just chucking them up and they go in. Um, they're fourth in the West right now. They're four and two. One of those was just a Steph Curry destruction, so we can kind of throw that away. But I will say, like in the games that I've watched, they look really locked in defensively. Um, they don't have great pieces for defense, even with Herb Jones, but they look super involved. They're super switchy. They're adaptable. They're super engaged. They fly all across the court. They're zipping. Uh, it's, a, it's a double and then contest. What's weird is that even Zion, who is not known for defense, is like kind of showing some defense this season. He's been switching on to like really small guards. And if he's not like locking them up, he's at least making them a little uncomfortable. Um, so I think that they're just waiting for, for Trey Murphy um, and now CJ McCollum to come back. That'll be a bigger loss over the next couple of weeks. But once those guys come back that, and that shooting starts to open up the floor, um, I think that if Zion stays healthy, they could maybe be a top four seed. But again, that's so he's still in the league, huh? You are acting like this dude has like not shown his possibilities. I, I mean, like the NBA does not like to like let valuable players go. If Josh Primo is going to get in the league after flashing his therapist, they're not going to let Zion out of there just because he gets hurt sometimes. No, I'm not saying he's going to get out of the thing. I think he's just going to be done playing. I don't think he has any. I don't think he doesn't seem very motivated to me, and he breaks the toenail and then misses you know 15 games. I, out of the next 15 games, they, they go 5 and 10. Are you looking up their schedule right now, or are you just saying that off the cuff? I'm just telling you, out of, the, out of the next 15 games, they go 5 and 10. Mark it down. Write it down on a little notepad. See me in four weeks. Going, they're not going 5 and 10. Okay. I just don't believe that. But Brandon Ingram needs to come back. We'll see. All right, another West Coast team. This is very West heavy today. I apologize. We only talked about really just Boston, but we'll get to some East Coast teams on the rapid fire unit. Um, the the Golden State Warriors look like they can actually win a road game. They're four and one on the road for the, since last season was like eleven and thirty. 
Um, and I think we know who we can blame there. Who? It's, I mean, CP3. I mean, it's not just all CP3. What's interesting is this oh. is the first. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I don't know you meant what, what you meant by who, 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 who you can blame. Sorry, I phrased that wrong. Yeah. No, he's, saying he's making them better. Yeah, I mean, this is it, what's interesting is like this is the first time over the last four seasons that we've seen them run an all bench unit. Like typically they have like Steph or Wiggs or Clay or someone to kind of spice that up. This time they've just got CP3, Moody, Kaminga, Gary Payton, and Dario Saric. And then occasionally they'll let like the rookies get some run. Um, but they look like playable and like they are actually, excuse me, they're actually like kind of plus. They won. Uh, third quarter minutes against the Kings but, uh, starters, the bench did um, last Wednesday. Um, and so CP3 has been like an actual viable backup point guard, which we knew he would be, and has kind of saved that bench unit. The chemistry is there now that Draymond Green has won the, the Jordan Poole, you know, rumble in the jungle. Uh, and then Moses Moody and Kaminga look like actual players this year, which is the thing I'm most excited. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Chris Paul likes them a lot better. No doubt about that. A lot better. So yeah, I, mean, I think I think they're they're they've shot to come out of the West. I think they beat Denver. Yeah, they're another team that like just like the Celtics that could, with that pull up shooting could just like decimate them. Um, so I, I I will admit I was kind of low on the Warriors. I was definitely low on the CP3 trade. I mean, you and me talked about that back in June when it happened, and you were like, just give it some time. And I was like, I don't see the point of it. I hate it. Um, and I think, at least for now, you're right. It, it looks like it's working. Moses Moody and Kaminga are actually making threes and jump shots. They're defending really hard. CB3 is just fit in perfectly. I think my concerns are still there. Like, I think they still need they, their tallest guy is 6'9". Like, I'm so concerned about that. They got out-rebounded pretty badly um, in that Cavs loss um, last night. But they they definitely have a shot to come out of the West. And they're, they're third in the West right now. And they're, they're probably going to keep being good. It's just kind of impressive. And Steph is playing like a freaking monster right now. So. Yeah. Well, you can never count a team with him on and out. Yeah. Yeah. No, they look good. All right. You want to do some rapid fire tune before we get to your topic? Sure. All right. Milwaukee thoughts. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You go first on them. I don't I they're not on my list here, sorry. They look weird, man. They they look it is bizarre to me that they are not running more Dame Giannis pick and rolls. They like defensively we knew there was going to be a learning curve, but this curve looks like it's going to be an F and not like a C. They look really bad defensively. Like at the rim they're getting obliterated when you have two seven footers that are supposed to be taking care of that. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, I I uh I mean you know, you know how you know my thoughts um, on Giannis, and uh, you know, I I don't know that he's. Uh, I th- I think he had everything fall right to win his championship, and I think that's going to be it for him. I really do. I think he's done. Um, but you know, they they uh, Dame's a nice player, but you got to you know those pieces got to fit together, and they got to work. And that that guy doesn't. You know, obviously, right now isn't working. So they better figure something out because they they don't look too good for sure. I mean, you you know, you lose to the Hawks, God help you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I probably know five guys that can beat the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I'll tell you what, they are not on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do you hear about that? No. They blew a 20-point lead and then got beat by oh, 47. Really? Yeah, it was a 40-point turnaround. Oh. All right, we got 10 minutes to finish this meet, this, uh, this recording. So you, you want to give me one more team and then we'll get to your thing? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I hate to do the Lakers. They're on my list, too. What's that? They were on my list, too, but... What do you think about the Mavericks? What do I think about them? Yeah. I'm Any shot. To what, come out of the West? Yeah. I mean, sure, there's always a shot. Do I think it's likely? Probably not, but the Derek Lively kid's playing well despite the fact that he's a rookie. Luca is engaged. Kyrie has not imploded that team yet. It's six games into the season, so we'll give it some time. He always finds a way. Um I don't know. They look good. They look like they're they're defending hard. The, the most intriguing thing is they're actually running around uh, when they are trying to get back down in defense. They don't just walk. Like, they're playing fast, which we've never seen from the Luka era Mavericks because they've always had really slow players like Luka or Dirk. Um, so that's kind of exciting. I think some, I think they'll be better than they were last year, certainly, but I think they're probably going to be like a fifth or a fourth seed at best. Would, would you would – you, uh... Would you call them a top five NBA team right now? I mean, I think definitionally they are, aren't they? Aren't they like – yeah, they're the second in the in the West right now. So, I mean, kind of by default they have yeah, to be right now. Record. I'm saying as a, as a team, would you put them – because you got the Celtics, the Nuggets, Celtics. Who else you put in front of Golden State probably? That – I would – Maybe put Philly in front of them, but that's a big maybe. I would, I actually wouldn't be upset calling them a top five. The Pacers, would you put the Pacers in front of them? Now, the Pacers are kind of disappointed me a little bit this year. I'm sure they'll be fine. The Pacers are exciting, but um, I don't know if the Pacers are at that level yet. So they, they have kind of shocked my my expectations. So, what about Joe No Candy down there in New Orleans? Would you put the Pelicans in front of them? No, not yet. They have too many injuries right now. I'd have to get more games before I put them above them. So, yeah. So, Dallas is fourth in your quarter year rankings right now. I'd say four and a half just because I I don't don't know where I stand with Philly. But We're not not taking a half a team here on these rankings. That's unacceptable. I'll I'll put them fourth right now then. Fine. All right. Good deal. Where are you putting them? Are you putting them fourth? I had them fifth. But that's just me. Yeah. All right, you want to introduce your topic that you were so excited to talk about? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say so excited. I just uh, I was <laughs> um, just a little bit shocked by uh, Clay Travis's from I'll kick the coverage's million dollar bet that a high school state championship team could beat the WNBA champion Phoenix Mercury. And uh, so I thought so. A couple of things on that. Like first of all, I think it's 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 beautifully done, and it's beautifully done because. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll put up the same challenge. I'll put up a million dollars of my money that the Phoenix Mercury could beat the Division II college collegiate men's championship team. And the reason why that's beauty is beautiful is because it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to happen. 
you know, it's just like that stuff ever since uh, Billie Jean King beat uh, his name will lose me now. Um, Bobby Jones, I think it was. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up because I'm gonna. But um, but ever since that happened, like there, there's just there there's no reason for the Mercury to do it. There's no reason for the high school team to do it. And, and the other thing is, like, are we talking about like teams like you know one of these academies that recruit players that are actually in their in their twenties and not really true high school students? Or are you talking about a true like four four a five a six a high school team, regular non recruiting high school team? And they would get absolutely waxed by the WNBA. Like just any team, the most team in the WNBA. Yeah, I mean it's it's a ridiculous thing to say, um, but again, he can't he can't be proven wrong. In fact, I'll put up a million dollars of my own money to play Clay Travis one on one, and I'll beat him. So there, I'll, 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 I'll throw a million there. It's just yeah. it's just ridiculous. Um, but anyhow, go go ahead. Sorry. No, I was a little bit surprised that that you wanted to talk about this because to me, like it was almost like the how I wanted to handle like the James Harden drama before the actual trade happened. Like I just don't want to give this guy any airtime. Like I just don't want to think about him because he's so clearly an asshole. Um, I had I never hey, heard language, of him. language. We got kids listening. No one. Bobby Riggs. Bobby, you're like an ADHD kid right now. Um, but like. So I didn't even know who this guy was. Like when you texted me about the, like the, the topic, like I was like, I've never heard of this guy. turns out I had heard of him. Um, I'd seen the tweet from Chelsea, like how he was reacting to Chelsea Gray. And the biggest thing about this is he's just trying to peddle views for his podcast. Like he goes on that what, what, outkick or whatever it's called. He unprompted was just talking about how the WNBA was terrible for no reason. She responded. And then he got to do his little troll thing where he creates this free like publicity for himself. The beautiful thing about it, and I've used that facetiously, is this is the same guy. He's the dude who is always getting retweeted by these like crazy alt-right people, like like the, the like the super far-right Trump guys, where he's like, transgender women shouldn't be in sports. And that's a super complicated topic. Like, I'm not going to say that it's not, and there's like a super concrete answer one way or the other. But his whole reason that he believes that women, transgender women shouldn't play in sports is because it's unfair for women. And women's sports are sacred. And then the next thing he says is he turns around and makes fun of women's sports. Like, I just don't think, like, it's so clearly he's just trying to get free money by creating this politicization. Like, he's, he's, just, a, he's just a loser. Yeah, but it's well done. That's got a lot of coverage. So I have to, well, well yeah, I mean, it, it, he, it worked for him. Like, he, he did exactly what it, he thought it was going to do. So. Yeah. So, who do you, do you think the Mercury, like, could beat? High school men's team. Uh, well, he first of all he said the the Las Vegas Aces, not the Mercury. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, the he championship team. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. But either way, I think the Mercury could. I think the Aces. The idea of the Aces playing a high school team is hilarious to me because the Aces, like we're talking about, maybe the greatest WNBA team of history. Like they would they would dog walk these kids. But. Yes, I do think that they could beat a, a high school boys team. And I, I, as it will never happen, I don't care one way or the other. This guy thinks. Do you think that uh, Phoenix would even play him? Or Las Vegas, I'm sorry. Did it again. Uh, no, because I think they have better things to do. And also, the other thing, too, is you like 
this guy is talking about, I have to go find this team and I'm going to make a podcast and a newsletter about it. But he has to get a team that is willing to do it. And I have a strong suspicion that a lot of these like, like boys teams are going to have at least some level of respect for the game, given the level of like skill that these WNBA players like show. And they're going to be like, well, one, we know we're going to get walked or we just don't uh, want to engage. Well, he, he, he the point that he made a million dollars split amongst that team is more money than they make. So they're. Oh, I thought it was going to a charity. Is it going to the team? Oh no! Yeah, he was going to pay the team. Yeah. So no. they may have some motivation to do. It. That's fine. I don't think the Saint John NBA Bosco. Saint John Bosco is the number one team in California. They have three returning starters plus super sophomore Brandon McCoy. Braves have size, versatile, and versatility. So there you go. Think that you think they could beat Saint John's Bosco? That like a prep school? I don't know. I don't know much about like California it. basketball. Harvard Westlake, Corona Centennial. Commit Eric Freedy is joined by Arizona. Commit Carter Bryant. So you got two guys going to Arizona. You don't think they could beat the Las Vegas Aces? Oh, I certainly think there's a chance. I think they could beat them. Okay. But I'm, you if I'm betting money on it. I bet the WNBA team. Yeah, I think they would just I, – I I mean, you know, WNBA team would just crush them. Yeah. They'd quite, quite absolutely crush them. It, it, would, look, it would look like a um, – uh, you know, like a, it would like Kentucky playing old high school. That's what it would look yeah. like. Yeah. But, yeah. All, all right. That's all I got. So we're down. Yeah, we got to end this quick. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap on the Las Vegas Aces. Good luck. And I'll play Clay Travis one-on-one anytime. Sounds good. I'll watch. I'll, I'll put a million in on that, too. Even at my advanced age. <laughs> All right. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>